welcome to the first ever episode of the QI Chatroom from Redwood Community Health Coalition. Since this is the first episode, let me tell you a little about who we are. Redwood Community Health Coalition, or RCHC for short, is a network of community health centers and a wellness education site throughout Marin, Napa, Sonoma, and Yolo counties. We formed in 1994 with a mission of improving access to and the quality of care provided for underserved and uninsured people. This podcast is all about quality improvement, or QI, in healthcare. We'll bring you speakers from our member health centers, outside health centers, county and federal agencies, healthcare plans, and more. Those speakers will discuss promising practices they've identified at health centers, the latest data on specific health topics, and engage in conversation with our live audience. We've been hosting these chat rooms for about a year and are now making the transition to podcasts to reach a greater range of listeners. We hope you'll join us as we share the latest in quality improvement with you. This first episode features one of our member health centers, Santa Rosa Community Health. Beth Dadko and Cassandra Preciado will talk about their recently documented promising practice titled Fit Lab Test Packaging. Their goal was to increase screening rates for colorectal cancer as defined in the UDS measure. I'll let them explain what they did. My name is Beth Dadko, and I'm part of the quality team here at Santa Rosa Community Health. We are very lucky to have Cassandra Preciado, who's a lead MA over at our Vista Clinic, who is at our Fiesta site um, during this promising practice. So she is going to be able to uh, help share this promising practice as well. So um, this promising practice is mainly a way of packaging the fit test labs. So it wasn't a planned quality effort, but we noticed that the colorectal cancer screening rates were going up significantly from about like 39% to about 43% in about the span of a year at our Fiesta campus, which was our temporary clinic in a can when Vista was damaged by the fires. So we asked the leadership over at Fiesta what they were doing differently, and they shared this new system that they had been working on and refining. And so this promising practice really documents that system change that they did over there at Fiesta. And Fiesta actually just recently closed down, Vista reopened. So um, Cassandra is going to be able to share kind of what they did at Fiesta and then also kind of how they transitioned that practice over to Vista currently. So um, our Fiesta campus didn't have a lab on site. So this is particularly relevant for the campuses that are in that situation, but there are kind of nuggets in this practice that can be replicated by any campus. And in fact, Cassandra is gonna share again at the end, Vista has a lab on site and kind of how they took this practice over to, um, to a place where they do have a lab on site. So the main change that uh, were that the patients were prepped and instructed to bring the completed fit test to Quest Diagnostics when they went there for additional lab work. So they simplified and prepackaged the fit test as well as moved all the prepackaged fit tests to the place that was really accessible to staff. And they figured this out over time at their weekly MA meeting and the MAs kind of worked together to refine the process and regularly check in on how it was going. So Cassandra is going to share kind of the the little details of kind of how they both, um, you know, kind of where they put the fit tests and how they prepackaged them and what they did with the patient. So I'll turn it to you. 
So every week uh, we would run our QIP reports and we noticed that our fit test numbers weren't really moving and it was getting a little frustrating. So we figured out as MAs um, what was the best way to get these numbers to start moving a little bit. Um, so in our one of our meetings we decided if we were patients, how would we like this package to be completed so that we can get our numbers up? So what we did was um, the MA lead, which was my desk, that was closest to the exit of the door, we would put a big box there, a fit test, so that when we walked by, we would always see them. And it would just remind us, oh, fit test. So what we would do is we would just pick one up and we would create our own kits. So in our the packets that they gave us, um, had a lot of information in there and a lot of paperwork that is really not needed. Um, so what we did is we just made these little kits here. Um, and what we clipped in there was just the patient label. It was from the, um, the reply card. We just took it off. And what we would do is we would highlight the where it says sample date so that the patient can remember to write it in there. And we would write the patient's name on there. Uh, exactly how it is in the lab slip so there would be no errors because we would get a lot of them that they would write they had two names or two last names and they wouldn't write the right one so they would reject it so what we would do is we would write it correctly that it was on there we would also include the test itself the card um, the test instructions and the, the brush kit we would clip it just like that and we would put it into one of our quest bags and what was easy is we would make sure the provider ordered some other labs like fasting um, or any other labs and we would just remind the patient not to get them done on that day to come back the next day and then bring everything with them when they came. And it was just so much easier because then it's not all these other cards that is not needed because patients would see this whole packet and get confused. There's the yellow envelope, the mailing envelope. Um, there's another paper of instructions in there that we just got rid of completely and the reply form because the Quest Lab itself has, on the rec, has everything you need in that document to be able to turn it in. It worked really well for us. That's great. And I think they did a lot with the patient too to explain that just one sample was needed for mm -hmm. both squares. Um, yeah. So, is there anything else you... I think that was pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it, as soon as we noticed that our numbers were going up, we knew we were doing something right. That's great. And then, um, as you can imagine, you know, this works particularly well for a site that doesn't have a lab. Um, and I, I think, you know, setting the expectation that they bring the actual sample, um, you know, the, the test with them and wait until they did could do everything at once. Um, but you know, so that that's really relevant for, but all the sites, this pre-packaging the kits and locating them in a really accessible way, like on the MA leads desk, um, as well as having the MAs devise the workflow, um, I think were are things that we would share with every, you know, all the sites. And um, I think you said that having the box of the fit kits helped remind staff that they needed to, you know, keep on the fits, but that seeing it kept it fresh in their mind. And then having the MAs create the workflow created more buy-in and um, ownership. Mm -hmm. And then finally, just, you know, taking the time to explain the process with the patients. Did you get any feedback from the patients? Um, it was more patient-friendly, the instructions. So when we would just print out the instructions, it was more of, to their knowledge instead of reading the paper. 
And what we would do is we would explain. We had a little kit that we opened, and we would demonstrate exactly how we did it so that they can see. And then um, finally, I, I think Cassandra is going to just share a little bit about how they've transitioned this practice to Vista, which is a site that does have a lab you know, on site. So how are you now using, what are you, what are you taking over from this to Vista? So actually the other day we actually made these kits again. Um, it's just so much easier and patients love it even better um, because when we give them the envelope, they would just keep the envelope and not do anything with it. So when we have it prepped already to go, um, we notice that more and more are coming back. So we do the same thing, but now we don't keep them on the lead MA desk. What we do is we put them in every single exam room so that the MAs can see them, and it's the same routine. They see them, they remember, oh, it's due for a fit test, get that um, going for them. And MAs love it because as soon as we made them, they started going out. When we just had the envelopes, they did that better. And so are you having, like if people do their lab work that day, do you have them, but you were saying if they have a fasting lab, then you mm -hmm. can tell them to wait to bring it back together. Is that right? Yeah, there's really nothing, uh, if the provider orders an urgent one, yeah, they have to go to the lab, but mostly they can wait. And we ask, we always double check with the provider first to see, oh, can they wait till tomorrow? And when they say, yeah, then that's when we jump in the routine of explaining on how to do it and come back in the morning with the sample as well, and they, we staple the, the last the, to the bag itself so that they bring the whole thing together. That's and great. it's been working really good for us. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I think that's pretty much our presentation, and we'd love to take questions at this time. Ms. Kelly, I'll, I'll start us off. Um, so the last data that is on your promising practice is from May of 2019. Have you guys looked at your data since then, and have you seen your numbers change at all? You know, we are, we just went through, like, you know, Fiesta closed in July, so um, I'm trying to remember back to the July numbers, but I think they, you know, we're continuing kind of steady there, and then now we're at uh, Vista, so it's been combined. There was a Fiesta campus combined with our Airway campus, which also closed. So it's a little, the data's in a little muddy state right now. We still have a long way to go with colorectal cancer screenings, but um, we're excited to kind of, ex you know, bring this to Vista and see and keep watching our numbers and keep working on it. Yeah, we'd love to see a year from now how this. Uh, continues to change and get an update and see if you guys are, are still doing this or if you've expanded upon this. That would be great. I think Tiffany has a question. Yes. Hi. Um, I was wondering about your kits. Hello. I, the kits that you're putting together, are you guys taking out the order form from Quest and just like cutting out the little the label or how does that work? Because I, I kind of wonder, like, we're actually having our MAs fill out the order form, but I'm wondering, like, if that's just not even necessary because we have the order from ECW that we're printing out. I was wondering how you guys are managing that. So I, t I went to Quest Lab myself and asked, asked them, the one that was on site at our Denton campus, and they informed us that that rec that they submit with the form that comes with the form in the envelope is not needed. The only thing they need is the sticker. So I take everything out but the sticker 
and all they need is the red form we print out from ECW. Nice. That's good. Yay! Hopefully simplify <laughs> your life there. <laughs> <laughs> so just simple to work. What we were doing before was we would write a big X through the rec form that came in the envelope and just yep. stapled it to the quest form of ECW. Um, but it, that's not even needed. So what we did is we just cut it out, the sticker. That's awesome. Um, I had another question about, because uh, I kind of go back and forth on the like giving people the chance to mail it back. Um, there's not a lot of confidence right now with our MAs that that process works consistently, and maybe it's because there's just more room for the patient to turn it in incorrectly because there's not someone at the lab like checking it over. Um, but I was wondering if you guys experimented with that very much um, as far as having the patients, like doing mailings out to the patients and then having them mail back their kit. So we did that, um, I believe it was when we opened Fiesta, we mailed a lot of them out. And we did get our numbers up a little bit, but it wasn't as much as we got them done with these kids. We noticed that when they did do them previously, we had results in there, they would send them back to the mail. But the new ones that we would just mail out, we never received them. But then also, yeah. like, we would tell the patients to mail in the kit. And they would say, oh, I mailed it. So when we called, there's no results. So it just made it easier for us to just have them bring it back to the lab. Yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah. Thank you. Um, this is Michelle. Um, and at our Lombardi campus, uh, they had a slightly different process where they asked the patient to bring them back to the front desk. And the front desk would check them to make sure that the name was right, the collection date was on there, and they found um, that they often had to correct some of the data or remind the patient to put on the collection date. Um, so when the patient brought it in, they did catch a lot of errors so that the test actually got done. And then the front desk would take the, the uh, lab and mail it to Quest. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We were also thinking, um, you know, since this is a chat and not a lecture, that we could also get, you know, kind of hear your thoughts of things that have worked from, you know, you all to increase colorectal cancer screening rates at your different um, health centers, and we could all chime in and have a little conversation. I also wanted to mention real quick, yeah. now that we have a lab on site, what we've been doing is, we have a lot of patients with transportation issues and having to go to one quest to another. We would have them come back at their next appointment. Mm -hmm. So when they would come back, they would bring their quest lab or their stool sample with them and we're ready to get turned in. So the MA looks it over and we just walk it over to the quest lab. That's so that's right. also easier for us too. I can just jump, I'll just share one other thing that um, like Michelle is mentioning at the Lombardi campus. We're trying to incentivize people to return their fit kits at some of the sites. So we are partnering with a farm stand, a local farm stand called Wally Gardens. And so we have $10 kind of gift cards for them if they bring their, their kits back. And, to, and so we're trying to incentivize that at, at some places. We also did a um, one at the Airway um, site before it, it closed down and became Vista, we did a patient survey, which was really interesting and in trying to understand, you know, what the barriers are 
to completing the fit test and the, the top two things were just that they didn't really fully understand how to take the test, how to, how to complete the test. And the second thing is they asked for reminders. Um, so we are thinking of doing some pilots of um, making a kind of a fake, not really fake, a fake appointment, a real appointment, a same like a on the resource schedule, like an appointment for people to return the fit test at one of our sites. And we're going to try that out and see how that works. And then the patient will get a reminder call. Um, we're also kind of looking at all our, many of you, we've heard like of different videos and kind of different resources that we could potentially share maybe like through the patient portal or just while the patient's there of how to complete the test. And um, anyway, so those are a couple of other things we're trying related to colorectal cancer screening. We'd love to hear what other people are doing. I don't know, Tiffany, if you want to just chime in or if anybody else yeah. on the call would like to. Sure. Yeah, I can share a little bit. So um, we've done incentives as well, and those have been really successful, especially like we'll do them like the last couple of months of QIP, and it really helps us just get kind of those last things in there. Um, so we've done like 5 or $10 gift cards to Target, um, and we've had like just stock the lab basically because we have a staff member in our Quest lab in both of our locations. And when we didn't have a staff member, we just had them like at um, a front desk so that they could just walk over and get a card once they returned their kit. Um, so that worked really well. Um, and then also the reminders, definitely piggybacking on that is, has been really helpful. Um, what we do is we have um, – uh, we have someone run a registry of everyone with an insure kit that um, is still outstanding. So for the next three weeks after they get their insure kit, we send them a reminder every Thursday. And we saw that that really helped with the return rate. Um, and then just following up with like medical assistant calls. Um, so yeah, the reminders I think are really helpful and incentives. And then um, we have our own video that we show um, and we've been trying to like increase um, just making sure that we give, we show the video, even if they've completed it before, because it is changed now with the one step and it's just really helpful. It's been a whole year. So just to refresh their memory is always really good. So we've been just really trying to encourage anytime you give out the insure kit, make sure that you play the video. Um, we're, um, thinking right now about, um, I'm working with our volunteer coordinator to see if we can get some volunteers to help with packaging and mailing. Um, and I liked what you guys said about, um, you know, if they've done it before, then they had a higher success of returning it. And I think we've seen that as well. We've done mailings before, but just pulled out patients who had completed an insure kit before. Um, and that was more successful than just sending it out to um, patients who had never done it before. Um, we also realized we needed like a cover sheet um, to explain what it was because some patients got it, just the kit in the mail and they're like, what, you know, what is this kind of a thing? So we're just having that letter to explain that colorectal cancer screening is really important and please return it. And um, so we created a letter in ECW that we print and put in the mail with the kit. And Tiffany, at the QI Quality Culture Series meeting, uh, earlier this week, I believe it was Jessica, based on the handwriting, left a, a comment that at, at Petaluma, the MAs are doing prepackage during the visit, so they're, they're also like prepackaging the fit test. Um, is that correct? Is it is it pretty similar to what Santa Rosa was doing at Vista or uh, at Fiesta? 
Um, you know, I'm not sure. I, I'd have to go and look and see. But I think the prepackaging probably is like kind of getting ready the um, the form, you know, because we're still having them fill out the quest form and doing some things on there and then like filling out the, um, you know, like highlighting the, the sticker that they have to take off the label. So I'd have to take a look, but I don't think we're putting them in the quest bags. That's really, that was cool. I liked that little nugget. Um, but yeah, they do have them in all the teams and they, you know, try to get them ready as much as possible for the visits. This is Michelle. Um, piggybacking off of what Tiffany said, um, one thing that we tried a couple of years ago and we had a 46% return rate is we targeted, so CDC has a list of uh, a definition or a description of patients who are least likely to return it. So we took the flip of that and sent it to them. So women who are 50 to 60, who are English speaking, who have done it before. So we sent it out to 100 of those patients um, and got a 46% return rate. So if you have limited resources and you can only send out like 100, then it might be beneficial just to focus on those first. The Valley. And um, I think you know what you're doing is gonna, we're gonna try and feel some of that because the process that we're doing right now, our MAs are doing the education and everything for those patients who are new due on their huddle sheet before um, the provider comes in and the provider orders the test and you know we think it's all done, but it's really not. And this is a much better plan. The MAs have been really good about getting all the education done and showing the patient how to do the test and everything, but I think your process of having it prepackaged and ready to go, I think that's really important. This is Stephen from Alexander Valley. Um, we've tried one thing I'll share, and then we're getting ready to try another. Um, one is that we, uh, we gave patients a appointment card to return their test. So when our... Um, our patients do it. They bring the test back to the front desk to turn it in. And so we gave them an appointment card uh, that was a week out from the date that they ordered it. And it was a really brief conversation with the patient like, um, you know, hey, we've, we've ordered this test for you. We want you to bring it back in the next week. What's the best day for you to bring it back? Um, just like we would be scheduling an appointment and we would, you know, circle the date on the card and give them an appointment card and they'd walk away with that. Um, and and then they would bring it back to the front desk on that date, but they wouldn't actually see anyone. They would just come in for their appointment and then hand the card off at the front desk. Um, and our numbers are pretty small. We, we think that that helped. Uh, we ran just a very quick uh, pilot um, back in January, and we, we seem to see more tests in January than in previous months. But um, So we're going to try that again, I think. The other is around follow-up. We're getting ready to test out a um, automated, sort of automated uh, uh, text message reminder to patients two days after their test has been ordered. Um, and we also want to try that similarly for breast cancer screening. We use the, the Luma system to push out messages. And so uh, we're going to run reports to figure out who had tests ordered in the last couple of days and then uh, send the messages once we get the, the messaging uh, developed and, and ready to go. So that's something we have not tried yet, but something we're excited to test next. Cool. Thanks, Stephen. I have a question for you. Um, when you had the appointment card to return, did you actually put them on like a resource schedule or anything like that and do a reminder call or was it just having the card itself? 
the idea was just the card itself uh, to test out whether patients would respond to that kind of uh, like formal process. Um, and there was a little bit of messaging on the back of the card. So one side was a regular appointment card with the date and the time and all that. And then the other had some messaging about what colon cancer is, um, how to complete the test. We put a link down for a YouTube video. Uh, and then that was basically it. So I can send that messaging. We had it in both English and Spanish for folks interested. That'd be great. I'd love to see that. I'd call that a successful first episode, wouldn't you? It's great to hear so much engagement from participants and know that they're walking away with some new things to try back at their health center. Do you want to know more about this promising practice? Head over to RCHC's website at www.rchc.net and check out our Promising Practices page. Here you'll find this documented promising practice and our growing library of others. A big thank you to today's presenter, participants, and our listeners. I'm your host, Kelly Bond, and we'll see you next time in the QI chat room.